You're listening to Cockadoodle News on WUSC FM and HD1 Columbia. You're listening to Cockadoodle News. It is Wednesday, February 20th, 2019. It is 3 after 6 o'clock, and we have technology for you. We have some politics slash legislator for you. We have some weather for you. All of this and more coming up after this short station break. As always, if you're ever listening and you have a question, a comment, a joke, etc. that you would like to share with us, please feel free to give us a call. Our number is 803-576-9872. That's 803-576-WUSC. If you can't reach us on the phones, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. You can find us by searching WUSC News. Um, so the elections are right around the corner-ish? Yes. Yes. USC yes. campus elections. Well, I meant national elections, but like we can go with campus oh, elections. Oh, okay. Too. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yes, I guess that was very big. Yes, our USC elections are right around the corner if you aren't paying attention. Presidential Ooh. candidate Crystal Gillibrand was here at Soda City Market this weekend. I did oh. see that. Unfortunately, it's not what we're talking about today, but. <laughs> uh, what we are talking about is a report that was put out by Newsy that Oregon is considering lowering the voting age to 16. Damn. Thoughts? No. No? I, I feel like it could be something that could happen if they introduced it gradually and kind of lowered the age. To 17 and then 16? Yeah, possibly. And like, I don't know. I feel like kids of that age, teenagers of that age need to be like i don't know just i feel like they wouldn't consider their options as much and i feel like when you're 18 and you're in college and you start to form your own opinions you're starting to do research and look into candidates whereas when you're that young you're still kind of listening to straight up what your parents say but are they not forming their own opinions because it doesn't matter because they don't have the right to vote yet that's also true right i would agree with that i mean i am personally of the opinion that I think we should lower the voting age, raise the drinking age. That's my platform. Um, go with that as you will. I know like every freshman out there is like, no, don't do that. <laughs> um, but so the 26th amendment um, in 71 lowered our voting age from 21 to 18 because you could go to war, but you couldn't vote. Totally made sense. Um, but it doesn't prohibit states from lowering the voting age even further. According to USA.gov, there are eight states, including Oregon, that will let you register as early as 16. Huh. But most of the states require you to be 17 and that your birthday will happen before Election Day. Yeah, I've heard that. For you to register. Yeah. Which I wonder what the advantage of registering at 16 is if you can't vote. I mean... Would people just at 16 even vote, though? I think it's... Because, I mean, there's already an issue for getting people at 18 to even vote. Well, I feel like we're we're seeing a bigger turnout. Um, we're starting to see bigger turnouts of, sure. of our ages. Yeah, especially this last November. Um, to vote. And I feel like as our politics, if it progresses in the way that I believe it's heading and becoming even more polarized and more controversial, I think it will... I think more people will turn out. And I think a big push for this is that um, 
older generations are voting, but they're not the people that these decisions ultimately impact. Exactly. Um, which is the push for younger generations to go out and vote. But then that's why this makes sense to me because you're you're 16, you're starting to get involved in politics, um, and you're voting for stuff that's going to impact you in the future. Yeah. Versus, I mean, it sounds really bad, but I mean, when you have a whole bunch of old geezers voting, like they're kind of probably yeah. going to be dead before this is implemented. <laughs> yeah. For for just for brevity's sake. No, we'll no. Yeah, I, com- I completely but understand what you mean. Yeah. I feel like if there was like some sort of like way they had like in informative class where they could like it was like taught like here's here's all the candidates and here's all the information about them. So government and economics? Yeah, exactly. You know we have that class. No, I know. (laughs) Make make it mandatory for younger (laughs) It is mandatory. Like well in for sixteen year olds? You have to take most you're required to I know in South Carolina you are required to take government and economics to graduate high Mm -hmm. school. Most people take it their senior year. I took mine my freshman year of high school because Dang. it happened to fall during an election year. And oh. so they opened it up. I mean, there are a whole bunch of other different circumstances, but they opened it up early, which mm-hmm. was really awesome. It kind of sucked when I got into my senior year of high school because all my friends were taking this class and <laughs> I wasn't. But it is it is required to yeah. graduate in South Carolina. No, oh, Yeah, I know. I took a political science class. Um and we, we talked about a little bit about the election, but not really candidates. But I don't know. I think it's something that you have to really be into. You know, I think it's like has to really at that age. You. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you have to be into it at any age? I mean, because it's very easy to gloss over. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, you can turn on anything other than the news. Well, at six o'clock in the morning, I guess if you aren't really watching. Because you kind of watch the news it's that early. There's nothing else on. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I you don't even have to watch. You don't even have to have cable now. Like, I mean, you can watch anything on demand. Exactly. So, I mean, this really raises the greater issue of, I don't want to say, like, does the age even matter? Because, obviously, we shouldn't have, like, five-year-olds voting. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> but, I mean, I think you have to be, I, think, I don't think it's a matter of age, but a matter of, like, getting people in Formed and exactly, how are we yeah, do that? that's what I'm yeah. saying. The just informing the, the younger audience. I don't even think it's informing the younger audience. I think it, you can even extend that to informing um, older older audiences because I think that I mean, obviously, it's no secret that in South Carolina we have a, an issue with education. Yeah. Um, um, and creative. So I mean, you can have people that are like 40, 50 years old who are voting. They've been voting for years, but they aren't informed. And you could have a sixteen-year-old mm-hmm. who is more informed That's very true. than said older. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you have deep thoughts on this, we would love to hear from you. You can give us a call at eight zero three five seven six WUSC, or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. You're listening to WUSC FM and HD One Columbia. It is time for Cockadoodle Tech. Cockadoodle Tech, yes. So um, earlier today, uh, about five hours ago, actually, the um, Samsung Galaxy Unpacked event happened. And right off the bat, um, the the stadium that they were doing it in was full. It was packed because um, everyone knew that they were announcing, for sure, the Galaxy S10. Um, Galaxy S9 was their last phone. It was 
basically just an enhanced camera version of the S8. However, um, upon uh, their arrival and right off the bat, they opened up with the um, the Galaxy Fold. It's the first um, folding smartphone. So basically you have it and it's like your regular smartphone and then it unfolds and it's kind of like a small tablet. It has six cameras. It goes from a 4.6 inch dis- uh, display and when you open it up to a 7.3 inch display, um, three cameras on the back. Um, it's got dual front camera, wide and RGB, de- RGB depth, which means that it can go from like regular size to really zoomed in or really wide lens. Um, and it's got uh, 12 gigab- uh, gigabytes of RAM um, and then a 4,380 uh, mAh battery. Uh, so it basically what that means is it's a 24-hour battery. Um, so if you're using it not for just constantly, it'll last you basically an entire day. Um, however, the big, uh, knock to this is that this phone is selling for $1,980. What? Yes. It is a humongous price. Um, however, you are basically getting a tablet and a phone in one. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's just really expensive, but I think it's pretty innovative idea. But I mean, you can buy a computer for less than that. Exactly. Granted, probably not like a really, really great computer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I know we said before this. I was like, I hope they don't drop it because if they drop it, that's going to be an expensive phone to fix. So the (laughs) the the picture. I mean, obviously this is radio, so we can't show you the picture. But the picture looks like the phone is almost entirely glass. Yeah. Um, as someone who has replaced multiple iphone screens how would they do the case so it it opens like a book like so your your screen you're looking at your screen and then it opens like your your screen for your regular phone is like the cover of the book and then you open it up and like there's two pages inside so there's basically three screens on this thing so I yeah. feel like the only way you could make a case for this would be for it to protect oh. just the okay. The we're we're looking at a video of this right now, which I highly suggest you go do because I'm both intrigued and very disturbed at the same time. <laughs> it's it's extremely interesting. So you can be looking at like Google Maps on your phone and then unfold it, and it'll take you to like a bigger version, like a tablet sized version of Google Maps, and. It's just, it's so it's cool. Like, it kind of reminds me of, like, the sidekick. Remember the sidekick when you could, like, swivel it out? Like, I miss having a sidekick, actually. I was saying something uh, saying something the other day. I was like, I wish they'd bring Blackberries back. Yeah. I feel like this could be helpful, but also, like, super distracting. Yeah. If you were driving down the road and, like, you needed a, big, <laughs> a bigger version of your map, I could see this being a, yeah. a hazard. Definitely. Um. Along with the Fold, they unveiled the um, S10e, the S10, and the S10 Plus. Um, these are ranging around where the iPhone X were, uh, the iPhone uh, XR, the X, and uh, X Plus, um, $749, $899, and $999. Um, I mean, at that point, you might as well just pay the extra $300 and get the the, the Fold. Oh, no. You're, you're, nope. paying, you're paying the extra $1,000. From $700 to 1000 Okay, so the fold is one thousand nine hundred eighty dollars. Oh, oh, I did not hear the nine hundred part. Yeah, that, it's it's almost a two thousand dollar phone. Okay, I yeah. lied. You can actually buy a pretty nice computer for two thousand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. I was I was thinking that this was like 
$1,000, which you can get a pretty decent computer for that. Yeah. I mean, $2,000. Yeah. You can buy a mic. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. $2,000. That's it's it's phone? it's crazy. That's not as an include your plan either. I exactly. think that thing would take exactly. up tons of data. I know. I I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who buys this. Silicone Valley. What are the dimensions of the phone? Okay, so your your screen on the front when when it's closed is 4.6 inches. So that's that's okay. about like an average, an average like phone. That's like an iPhone 6 okay. almost. And then when you open it up it's 7.3 which is a, just a touch smaller than an iPad mini. So y- you've basically just got a phone that doubles as a tablet. They make compute they make computers that are 11 inches. Like that is I mean they're baby computers. <laughs> mm. My mom calls them Barbie computers. Um <laughs> my dad has one, but like that is almost the size of a just It is. It's if you crazy. just get like a Bluetooth um keyboard to carry around in your pocket. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're good to go. And a stand. They, yeah, and they also make flash drives that you can plug into your phone. Exactly. I, I highly recommend anyone who's listening to um, go out and and watch the um, the video. Just look up the Galaxy Fold um, unveiling. It's it's really cool unveiling video. It's really cool to see. However, your wallet does not think it's very cool to see. Well, you know how you could get money for your phone. How could I get money for my By phone? By selling drugs online. Selling We're drugs online. Don't sell drugs online. But it was just a nice lead way into cockadoodle drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a University of California Santa Cruz student was indicted on federal charges Tuesday, accused of developing an app to sell meth, cocaine, and other illegal drugs. Colin Howard, 18, was indicted by federal grand jury in San Jose, California, on drug distribution and possession charges for allegedly creating the Banana Plug app, authorities said. Howard allegedly hung up posters on the University of California, Santa Cruz, to promote the app, which was available on the Apple App Store, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of California, said in a statement Tuesday. Banana Plug, an apparent reference to UC Santa Cruz's banana slug mascot, allegedly provided students with cocaine, molly, and shrooms, the office said in a statement Tuesday. The app also invited customers to make special requests. And then the app... I like how it like lets customers make requests for your drugs. Yeah, that's my favorite part. The um, app like has the description of saying we have what you want, and so it's pretty cool. How did this get past <laughs> Apple? Because you you have to you can't just put an app on the App Store. Maybe they thought it was a joke. I don't know, but like I feel like well, it says that they put the age limit for kids four and up. So if you were at least four years old, you could download the app. I also <laughs> drugs are very expensive. Yeah. And um so where is how are they getting all these drugs to I don't distribute? Know. I this must be this some leads me to so many questions. Well, High I mean, level he kids could face as many as forty years in prison and fine up to five million dollars. It's unclear if he was retained an attorney. Um he did make a court appearance today before the US magistrate judge, but um there doesn't seem to be anything else. But my whole thing is is that they had posters advertising the application around the campus. So it's like, what were people doing? Were they too messed I up? Guess, like, did I guess hiding use the app? Did, um, did it get used at all? Do you know? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think so. It doesn't say in here. But it, um, uh, I mean, he was arrested Friday, last Friday. Huh. He allegedly sold drugs to an undercover Homeland Security who contacted oh. him through the app. 
So I guess he was selling some kind of drugs, but. Oh my gosh. This, my favorite, just a little rabbit trail here, my favorite undercover drug story. I really feel like this ha- it's happened in South Carolina or North Carolina, but it was several years ago. Um, teenage, these teenage boys were selling meth or cocaine or some white powder-ish looking drug. I don't remember what it was. Um, and they ended up selling it to an undercover cop. <laughs> and uh-huh. it gets better. It wasn't even the drug. It was pancake mix or flour. That's hilarious. I don't remember what it was. So, so did they get... So they got arrested not only for attempting to sell drugs, but also for like selling a false product. Is it? <laughs> but is it selling a false product if it's something illegal? Well, that wasn't the actual charge. Uh-oh. But I, I mean, this like happened like disilluding officers or something. Yeah, I think this uh-huh. happened um, three or four years ago. So that's crazy. <laughs> how old are they? How old are they? I don't know. This happened. I mean, like I said, it was just three or four years ago. I just think it's really funny, so I like to tell the story when yeah. I can. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be right back after this station break. Make sure you stay tuned for upcoming events at USC plus the weather. We'll be right back after this. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Lee Brandenburg lives on Johns Island outside Charleston, South Carolina. Her home is near the Stono River, a tidal channel that connects to the ocean. When we moved here 20 years ago, we didn't experience really any significant coastal flooding. And I'd say over the past three to four years, we're starting to see significant flooding during high tide events. We are seeing the water cross over our causeway, cross over the roads. According to the Union of Concerned Scientists, more than 1,500 homes on Johns Island and neighboring Kiowa and Seabrook Islands could face chronic flooding within 30 years. As a real estate agent, Brandenburg knows what this could mean because she's seen it happen in downtown Charleston. Obtaining flood insurance becomes cost prohibitive. And if the flood policy is too expensive, we see people getting priced out of their homes. But selling homes in flood-prone areas can be extremely difficult. If I'm moving here from elsewhere, it would give me pause, for sure. So as the water rises on Johns Island, Brandenburg says she and her neighbors worry about what's to come. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. On the road again. Nearly 700,000 Americans were arrested on marijuana charges last year. That's an enormous waste of law enforcement resources and terribly unfair to those arrested and their families. It's time we stopped arresting adults who smoke marijuana responsibly. For more information, visit Normal's website at www.normal.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL and tell them Willie sent you. To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life, but it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. Sit down together for dinner. Ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 1-877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back. You are listening to Cockadoodle News. 
Uh, right now, it's about 46 degrees outside, and you can expect a low of 45 with about a 20% chance of rain for the rest of the night and tomorrow. So, basically, probably not going to rain, but just to cover the weather channel, we're going to say it is. That's what I get from, <laughs> from the news. Um, they are calling for rain throughout the weekend, um, but it should be pretty warm. Tomorrow you can expect a high of 69 with a low of 55, and then it's slowly going to warm up over the weekend. If you do have an 8 a.m. tomorrow, you can expect to wake up to a nice, crisp 49 degrees. Not too bad. It's been it's been in the highs there some a couple days ago. I think that was the high today, so Yuck. it's nice to no, wake up to. No, not for me. <laughs> Um, in other news, Carolina Production is going to present Karaoke Night. Um, it is happening right now. Um, you can sing your heart out and take a chance on them in the Gamecock Park, the Gamecock Park, uh, which is on the second floor of Russell. Additionally, um, Good Enough to Suckle the Child, Breast Milk Motherhood, and the Creation of Race is a... That is also That's the face I made to Troy. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Um, is is happening Thursday, uh, the twenty first, which is tomorrow, from six to seven thirty p.m. As part of the faculty spotlight series, Dr. Nicole Maskell, which is an associate professor at the university, will be delivering a free public lecture. Um, which will specialize on family slaveholding networks in Anglo-Dutch colonial America. Her talk will explore the ways that gender and race were constructed together in law and in custom across slaveholding communities in the 1700s. Um, the event will take place at the Skyline Room in the Taft's Art Center, um, which is located on um, 1644 Main Street. And then also tomorrow um, afternoon will be What is Smart Recovery in Roswell House 303. That will happen from 3 to 3.30 p.m. The workshop um, is to learn about the basics of smart recovery, including what to expect at meetings and how it works to increase motivation, manage activity events, and develop problem-solving skills. If you'd like to check out more or uh, more on those campus events or any more events, you can visit sc.edu backslash calendar. Well, we'll see y'all again on Friday from 6 to 6.30 or sooner if you check us out on Facebook or Twitter. Remember, you can do that by searching at WUSC News. We'll see y'all then. This has been Cockadoodle News on WUSC. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 6 to 6.30 p.m.